Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. News team, assemble! Oh yes, this is the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Playing us in there was Kingdom by Downstate. Oh, um, what's it My balls? name is Jay. As always, joined by Troy for the news. How are you, Troy? <laughs> for fuck's sake. I'm good, mate. I'm knackered. It's been a weekend, isn't it? Jesus. It, it's been a very good weekend. It's been an exceptional um, weekend. Not not so much for all the wrestling, but... <laughs> for the, the for actual, us on the podcast, definitely. We all got to meet up. The experience was fun for us because we were all together to watch it, which happens very few and far between yeah that we all get together in the same room not just mem not not just members of the podcast but also listeners and supporters and followers of the podcast as well all under one roof at top rope room it was really really fun really really Ho- enjoyed it hopefully we can do it again for wrestlemania yeah fingers crossed th- there was tentative talks wasn't there there was there was i might we were all, get a bit, all a little bit drunk <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um Let's go into it and let's let's break down what actually happened at the Royal Rumble. So uh, in the opening match, uh, with the Usos barred from ringside, Seth Rollins defeated Roman Reigns in a universal title match by disqualification. Disqualification. Uh, Reigns wouldn't break the uh, hold, so he lost. Mm. He he lost his seven hundred twenty nine day undefeated streak on pay per view, but he didn't lose the title. Um. <sighs> This was a shitty finish to a really good match. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was shit. At the time, I remember thinking it's shit. I've had like kind of 24, 48 hours, whatever it is, near enough, to reflect on it. And it makes sense. In story, it makes sense. Like, um, Rollins was in his head for the whole thing. And he knew, and Reigns knew that he couldn't beat him. And he had never beaten him. Exactly. Came out. Yeah. Shout out to that. Like, Rollins came out dressed in the old shield gear with the music, with the gear through the crowd. It's fucking awesome. And the whole thing about this has been Roman's never defeated him. Seth's in his head. And I think the finish really played into that. So I, whilst it was disappointing, it, it proved further that Roman doesn't have what it takes to beat Rollins. That's what he had to resort to. I think the finish is kind of leaving them open to the option for a rematch Absolutely. down the line. 100%. 100%. I imagine I, I think, maybe SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I still think it was a shitty finish. I really wasn't impressed by it at all. Uh, just because mm. the match was so good going up to that. And then yeah, yeah. It, it it literally felt like the kind of just like pop like like popping a balloon or like a, a ball and just like mm. deflating. I liked it. They built themselves up to like a really nice nice crescendo where yeah. Rollins kicked out the spear, he'd got out of everything that Roman had thrown at him. Mm. He'd got him in the guillotine and then Rollins got his hand on the rope and then Roman just gets himself DQ. It's like, oh, well, that's that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I say, hopefully if they do go to a rematch, it, as it was very just meh. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, next up, we got um, the Raw Women's Championship match. Um, Becky Lynch defeating Dewdrop. Uh, she won with a manhandle slam off the top rope. She did. Again, this this didn't feel like they really 
they didn't really have much chemistry, did they? Nah. Going into this match. not. Um, this was... I, I hate to say it, but this was the kind of... The match I was least excited about going into it. Um, as you say, there wasn't really a lot of chemistry. It, w- it wasn't a terrible match, but it was just it was just there, really, wasn't it? Like, yeah. It, it definitely felt like the... It, well, I'd say it definitely felt... It feels like with Becky, they either need to... One of these people that they're trying to get her to elevate by wrestling her, they need to have actually beat her. Mm. Or they just need to kind of acknowledge, oh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be Becky versus probably Bianca, which we'll get into in a bit. Yeah. At Mania. And maybe, I dare say, even, like... Have like move that match forward a month. Have have Bianca beat Becky and then defend it against Becky at Mania uh, as Mania. opposed to at Mania. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's it, the the title picture at the moment on Raw is just so stagnant. It is, and it's just disappointing. Um, speaking of title pictures on Raw, this was a, a shocker indeed for us. Um, Bobby Lashley beat uh, Roman beat Brock Lesnar for the uh, WWE Championship. Yeah, man. After. Roman interfered, but yeah, that was that was a shock. That was the shock of the night. Mm. That, um, and it was a fun match as well. Like they really good, really, really it was good. Exactly what we expected it to be, which was just two, a two buildings old, fighting each other. Yeah, just throwing each other around like they were a piece of crap. Two absolute specimens. Just what I really liked about this is you knew, like, everywhere everyone knows, made no secret. This is a match that Bobby Lashley has wanted for years whether there was yep. a title line a title on the line or not bobby wanted to face lashley and it's really cool that that this has happened and not just that the match has happened but actually he's won the belt and the s circumstances around it which we'll discuss in a minute a bit iffy um but i just think it's really cool it was nice that um lashley has now been wwe champion twice within a, a year yeah. Like not a calendar year, but you know, within a 12 month period, I think that's really cool. It's nice to see that they're still treating him as a big deal. And it wasn't like the kind of, well, he's lost the title now, he'll fall down the pecking order. We'll have him bumble about and do other matches. Like they've still kept him near it, they've still kept him relevant. He's and this he's still felt massive him winning the whole time, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, this is really cool. I'm, I was, I'm not going to say I was surprised, like about enjoying this match because I, I was looking forward to this one going in. But it was it was it was just really cool for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Really, really I cool. Thought it would have been a lot shorter than it was. Yeah, so yeah. Like usually when like Brock doesn't work by the hour, does he? Mm-hmm. Usually like especially a especially a big hard hitting match like that, you usually expect it to kind of five minutes be five minutes and they went a they went a little bit longer than that. I don't know yeah. the exact time, but I remember it being long like me going, oh, this is Still, Still on. going on. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Also, not in a bad way. Yeah. Also, obviously, uh, Paul Heyman left with Roman, mm. which was very interesting. So there was there was a ref bump, wasn't there? Like Brock got Bobby up mm. for the F5, swung around, and it clocked the ref, which is when Roman then came down, got in yeah. the ring. Didn't he, he knock? Was it Brock he knocked down with the Superman punch? Or he did something, and then he got <laughs> handed the title from Heyman, and he clocked him with that. Yeah, he didn't didn't he Superman punch Brock, then hit him with the belt, and then Lashley speared Brock just for like good measure. For good measure, that's it. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, so, yeah, 
Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it's a hazy evening. I was I was quite a few beers in by this point, but yeah, yeah, this is great. I'm I'm really happy to see Lashley as champion again. Happy to have a decent match. Happy he finally got to have a match against Brock on a big stage as well. It's not like they mm. just put us on anything, and yeah, deservedly so. Really, really, really well, pleased. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so next we've got the It Couple versus the Grit Couple, and the Grit Couple won um, by hitting Stereo Glam Slams. Ah, uh, pops for that. That was cool. This was cool. Like, the Beth Phoenix just looks like she's not stopped wrestling at all. She, no. She looked incredible. Um, I, wouldn't and- be against, I wouldn't be against seeing another Beth Phoenix run. Just one one more for the boys. Becky Lynch said she wants better than that mania. Oh. Which, yeah, I'll take that. That, as I say, to, to go to my further point before, I'd be anchor take the belt off Becky before Mania, wrestle somebody else, and then have Becky and Beth have like a dream match at Mania. Yeah, man. Yeah. Don't have to have a belt involved, not do you? No, definitely not. Um, this is cool though. Like, I mean, again, like Becky Lynch and Dewdrop, I wasn't really that excited for this match, but it was fun. I probably yeah. enjoyed watching this more than I did Lynch and Dewdrop. Um, yeah. and like you say, like the, the finish was really nice hitting. Both of them hitting best finisher. They both hit like a double spear just prior to that as well, like yeah, kind of on the same on the on the Miz. Um, yeah, it was cool. Um, hopefully, this is this is done with now. This this feud. Uh, I wouldn't be against seeing Edge and Beth wrestle like a team again. Like another mixed tag. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't really care. Mont- for... Montez Ford and Bianca Belair. Sod it. Well, that'd be good. It would be good. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I just don't really care for um, for Ms. and Maurice. Ms. and Maurice. Mm. Um, so next we had the uh, let's let's do in reverse because we already kind of left the women's rumble to last anyway. So we'll leave it to last and we'll say the men's rumble, which Brock Lesnar came out at number thirty and one. Yeah, um, it, like so. As soon as he lost to Bobby. It was almost a foregone conclusion that he was going to come in and win the Rumble for me. Like, I still wanted to believe it could be someone else, but it was, it was for me, one of those things where if Roman had lost, he'd have come in to the Rumble and won it. If Brock lost, he was going to come in. Like, whichever one knows was losing was going to enter the Rumble. Um, yeah, we kind of predicted, hadn't we, that, um, that like, whoever lost their title the other would check themselves in the rumble. They, yeah, whoever lost the title, he's, he's go in the rumble, win it, and go after the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that was really lazy. I'll be honest. I do think. I think I'll, it was a bit lazy, but it, there was a few people like we were talking about before, weren't we? There was a few people who could have really benefited from this. Kevin Owens, Biggie, yeah. AJ Styles, yeah, 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 uh, absolutely, could really have benefited from winning the rumble. And I think for them to just go, ah, oh, sod it, let's just give it to Brock, or ah, oh, sod it, let's go give it to Roman. Mm. It is really, as I say, really lazy. It's just it like... is a bit lazy, and I, I I do agree with you. Uh, I agree with you to a point. The reason I say it, that is because... is my other reason behind it. Just before you do make that point, yeah, they already had that storyline in place. Mm. That's yeah. that's why I think it's lazy. Because it didn't need to have him win the rumble. It to didn't continue need that, feud. that. They they could have literally used that to set up the WWE title feud. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they could have even they they could have even like set up multiple potential WWE title feuds like they've done in previous past. Yeah. Um it, it just felt like they went, oh God, we don't know what to do here. Mm. 
mm. oh let's just give it to Brock we need to get him back into the into the title pitch and it's like he's already he's already got like his kind of his claim by saying to Rome and I was meant to face you at day one you had COVID mm. there we go problem yeah. solved yeah yeah Um, two points on this and so one of them was something I was thinking about and this is off the back of an article I read only maybe 10 minutes before we start recording um, from our good friend Tom Clark um, Tom Clark's podcast um, his main event podcast if you don't listen to that check him out it's awesome top top lad uh, but yeah, he wrote an article uh, about Brock winning the Rumble. And I'll send it over to you. It's worth a read. Um, yeah. For those listening, I'll chuck it up onto our Facebook page, give it a read. Um, but it made it raised a lot of good points um, in that, like, they've built Brock up. Like, even before he had the title, they built him up to be kind of like an unexpected, like, not, what, what am I trying to say? They built him up to the point where it, kind of didn't feel like a shock if he did win the rumble if that makes sense i know yeah. i get what you're saying but at the same time like they've they've they brought him in and they've kind of they've treated him like they would do any other top tier talent they've treated him they've given him kind of a run up to the rumble where you just go if he wasn't going into the rumble as wwe champion you'd have gone well he's probably a favorite to win the rumble if yeah, he wasn't yeah. already in that title picture because they they've booked him like that but I also agree more to your point. Um, but the article's really good. Look, I, I won't get too much into it now. It does raise some really some really good points, really good talking points and some interesting takes on it. Um, but I do have a bit of news, and I know we'll, we'll get on to kind of the main bulk of news after this, this Rumble roundup. But talking about the winner of the Rumble, something that came out only 20 minutes ago, um, PW Insider reports that Matt Riddle was originally scheduled to win this year's Rumble. In the week mm-hmm. leading up to the match, pictures were also made for Randy Orton to win. However, Riddle was the front runner until the decision was made for Lesnar to enter as a surprise and win. Well, I've just added something from WrestleVotes about that that come up like while you were making your point. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I might as well just bring like mention it now. Um, that WrestleVotes tweeted WWE had plans since preparing began last spring for Riddle versus Randy Orton at SummerSlam, which didn't happen. Plan was to hold it off till Mania. Uh, and they've said, I'm told now that only a handful of creative members want to split them with the idea that if the match happens, it should be for the WWE title. Um, which plays into Riddle having one, like winning. Then Riddle heel. Oh, that's what they I'd should love do. to see that. I'd love to see I think that'd be that's really good. That's what they should do. Turn Riddle heel. Don't turn Randy heel. Turn Riddle heel. Yeah. He's annoying anyway. <laughs> He's a heel yeah. in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Brock. Like, what, like Mark Andrews? To heel, yeah. Oh, Mark Andrews is a monster. Um, <laughs> biggest heel in wrestling, mate. Um, <laughs> he's not. God, <laughs> some people about <laughs> you, Alberto Del Rio. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Brock, um, Brock won by last eliminating uh, Drew McIntyre, who came back early from his neck injury. Um, yeah, man, was a surprise. The final four was weird, though, wasn't it? It was very odd. Rock, Drew, Shane McMahon, and Bad Bunny. And we all popped for Bad Bunny. Yeah. Not Bad so much Bunny. Shane McMahon. Shane coming out and looking more dominant than Big E and Kevin Owens. It's just absurd. And eliminating Kevin Owens. Did he eliminate Big E or did Brock eliminate Big E? Mm, th- was, was, was it Owens? I can't remember, so, actually. Someone, someone big eliminated Big E anyway. Um, yeah. And then 
Shane eliminated Kevin Owens, and it was like, what, what, what is this? I can't remember who eliminated who. Hang on, I'm just going to bring it up one second. Uh, Biggie was eliminated by Riddle and Orton, as was All right, okay. Bad Bunny was eliminated by Lesnar. Shane was eliminated by Lesnar. Drew was eliminated by Lesnar. Uh, Orton was eliminated by Lesnar. Yeah. Crazy. Brock doing double juicy. Who's the, who's the thought? <laughs> um, and that takes us to the women's rumble match where the returning Ronda Rousey won the whole thing. Uh, last eliminating Charlotte Flair, the people's pick. Um, yeah, all right. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I'm not biased because I had her in the sweep. Not at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this was this was weird for me. Not not Ronda returning because that kind of got leaked early in the week, um, and she signed like a new year deal, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, m- more so the fact that they booked Charlotte to look stronger than everybody else. Yeah. And it was like we all knew Charlotte wasn't winning because she'd been booked to look stronger than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So whoever eliminated Charlotte was going to be yeah. like, well, it was Ronda. So, yeah. She got the most eliminations, Charlotte, uh, five eliminations. And she also lasted second longest, I think. Uh, she was, she lasted 31 minutes, 23 seconds. Rhea Ripley, 30 minutes and 59 seconds. Uh, Bianca was 43. Oh, actually, no, Bianca Belair was 47, 30. And, um, Natalia, 36. Actually, yeah, she Liz was Morgan was 36, wasn't she? 37, yeah. Okay. But still, most eliminations. And as you say, booked really strong throughout, so it kind of became quickly obvious that it wasn't going to be her winning. Also, talk about talk about not giving a shit about Liv Morgan more by having the Bella Twins just eliminate, oh, God. eliminate the Riot Squad and then got... And then be like, losers. I was like, are you fucking messing? Like, that was awful. That That's, again, this is like the whole thing where WWE just doesn't give a shit what the fans want to see. It's mm. what Vince wants to see. Yeah. Like, everyone's been like rallying around Liv Morgan for ages now, saying mm-hmm. how they want to see her win the title or at least, at least like given a chance, like a fair crack at it. Because she's had yeah. those two really good matches with Becky Lynch. Never looked like she was going to win, but she had the two good matches. Mm. Just give her a run. What's the worst that's gonna happen? Yeah, you see her. She doesn't. She doesn't like draw the numbers they wanted to. At least give it a chance. Yeah, that's yeah. how you. That's how you make stars. Jesus mm-hmm. fucking Christ. Yeah. Don't don't bring back to well, pretty much retired wrestlers. They are to retired. Elim- they are retired. Yeah. yeah. To eliminate them, just come on, come on. Now. <laughs> um, speaking of people that are well. Say retired, but the the free agents, if you like, like shout out to some because for me the the women's rumble was infinitely better than the men's this year. Yeah, the men's was garbage, which we'll yeah. get to. In a bit. Um, but yeah, there were uh, surprise entrances or kind of free agent legends. There was Melina, um, which that was that came out of nowhere. Melina looking dead up, like dead, like happy, like crying tears of joy. She was in yeah. only to get eliminated two minutes later. Oh, not even two minutes, mate. Fifty three seconds. Yeah, that was, um, that was... <laughs> Kelly Kelly, uh, Michelle McCool, Michelle McCool, uh, Cameron came out of nowhere. Yeah, 
Um, fine record after Nyla, uh, Nyla Rose beating the shit out of her. <laughs> uh, uh, Ivory was my highlight. Ivory was fucking awesome. My genuine highlight of the, that rumble, well, of the show in general, was just Ivory coming out to right to center. Yeah, man. promo. It was fucking brilliant. Uh, we Real had the, <laughs> the Bella Twins. Uh, we had Alicia Fox as well, which it was really cool to see her because I know she's gone through quite a difficult patch in the last couple of years, mm. which is why she's kind of stepped away from things. So. It was nice to see her out there. That was quite cool. Uh, we, we also we had Summer Ray, uh, Lita, mm-hmm. Mighty Molly, uh, and Sarah Logan, which was really cool to see, like a little Riot Squad reunion. Just and, she got eliminated by shitbag Bellas. And the Impact Women's Champion with the belt, That's Nikki it. James, coming We've, out to hardcore country. That that was and yeah, that was massive. Those petty bastards still cut the camera when she lifted the belt up. Fuckers, Kevin Dunn, you asshole. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was a break, little breakdown of the rumble there. Um, so should we get get into the rest of the news then, mate? We can just a quick one beforehand because we're not doing a full review of the rumble. What did you think of it on the whole? Out of out of ten, what's your your rating for this year's rumble? Three, three thought, out of ten. Thought it was a really bad show. Oh, okay. I, I only enjoyed the women's rumble really. I I thought Edge and Edge and Beth was good. I thought Roman and Seth was good. However, the finish to Roman and Seth was just really disappointing. Um, but Bobby and Brock was good too. But I think as a whole, the way the show kind of made me feel yeah. was just very like, oh, this this company. Yeah. Um there, there was a lot, there was a lot more kind of head scratching moments for me than there was me thinking something was good, which mm. is why I've given it such a low score out of 10. Fair enough. Um, what about yourself? Uh, I'm going to give it a six, five and a half, maybe mm. a six. I women's rumble was awesome. Yeah. Men's rumble, meh. Edge of Phoenix uh, against Miz and Reese was fun. Like it was just there. It was fun. Becky Lynch and Dewdrop, meh. Seth and Roman was awesome. Pretty disappointed by the finish. Uh, and Lashley and Brock, uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So. There was more on there that I enjoyed than I didn't. But as you say, like a lot of the night on the whole was kind of head scratching and just being like, huh? So five and a half, I'll say five and a half. Fair enough. Should we move on to some news? Go on, mate. So following a victory in the Women's Raw Rumble, Ronda Rousey, as is tradition, pointed at the WrestleMania sign, setting off the big pyro explosion. However... Ronda's point was so strong that the back of the sign began to melt. Fans underneath the sign had to evacuate the section as the sign was lowered during Becky Lynch and Dewdrop's match so it could be worked on. Fortunately, no one was hurt. Uh, it then caught fire again as Brock pointed at the sign when more pyro hit it. You'd think they just got, oh, you know what? Don't set any maybe, pyro off. Maybe we should time. set some more pyro off. Um, Saying that, imagine that Brock points it, it doesn't go off, he gets backstage. What if it wasn't their pyro? <laughs> Yeah, but it was on fire, Brock. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit about them kids. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I, I did notice during the Becky Lynch and Dewdrop match that there was they were clearly distracted by something. Yeah, there was something going on. Um, and People laughing at the fucking sign being on fire. Oh man! It's... Oh god! Oh dear! Oh, dear. Just... Thankfully, no one was hurt though. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, moving on, still with Ronda Rousey, a uh, shot flavor. Ronda Rousey, 
been the plan for WrestleMania, as the Wrestling Observer reported ahead of the Royal Rumble. Uh, Fightful learned more on the situation. Uh, word's been going around that since Monday's Raw that this was the penciled-in program for the two at WrestleMania with Becky and Bianca, the planned feud at the time on the Raw side of things. As often is the case with the pro wrestling and creative plans, they can change on a whim. More on that later. Um, we're told by WWE sources that Charlotte Flair has been pushing for this feud for months and specifically WWE had been after Ronda to confirm return plans uh, pretty, pretty quickly after she gave birth to her first child in 2021. Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey is expected to take place at the following year's WrestleMania. So, just that bit of the Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey is expected to take place at the following. So, 2023. Yeah. Right. And uh, this year is. Is that 40 or 39? 39? 38 this year is nasty. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to have a look. Not that it matters too much. No. Um, I was going to say it's it, it's it's a marquee. Yeah, this, mar- this year's is thirty eight. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Charlotte against Ronda. How how much do I want that? Not so much. Well, the the thing is, when we had the first Charlotte and Ronda match, it was very much like the start of Becky Lynch being the man on that run, mm-hmm. and. The only reason we got that was last minute. There wasn't a proper feud in place because of uh, Nia Jax punching back and breaking her nose. Mm. Um, and then that kind of going away sort of thing. Um, and then it, it it's weird, isn't it? Because it felt at the time that Charlotte was forced into that program with Becky yeah. when they went to Mania because yeah. they, wanted to, they wanted it to be the biggest women's match in WrestleMania history because it was the first and main event. So they were like, let's just put Charlotte in. Mm-hmm. Making title unification didn't need it, they never needed it, but they did it. Um, so I'm guessing the way they're looking at it is well, we never really got either of those feuds properly, right? So right. now we do both. Oh, I guess so. Then I guess so. I hadn't looked at it like that, but it makes Becky sense. Lynch was already planting the seed saying Ronda Rouse is going to choose Charlotte Flair because she doesn't want Becky Lynch because big time Bex is more devastating than the man ever was, and the man beat Ronda. Um, <laughs> I, I I think that it, it sounds like Rousey's going to be around for a while. Like she's going to do like what she did last time and have like the full time run more or less. Mm. Um, if the plan is for Becky and Ronda to face off at next year's Mania, do we think Ronda's taking it off Charlotte at Mania? Bianca Belair's taking it off Becky Lynch at Mania, which will lead to Becky challenging Ronda for it next Mania. Yeah, or possibly. The other so way, they can't have them both go in a champion because they've done that. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to call any of this, isn't it? Because of the draft, mm. like they, they could draft Becky to SmackDown or Ronda to Raw, mm. um, and then that's all, that's that Ronda could lose the title at SummerSlam and then do whatever. I, I don't I don't see that happening because it's it's very much like the like the the women's picture and uh, the WWE is. You've got the four horse women and now Ronda as well. Yeah. And you've got everybody else. Yeah. So it's 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 very hard to kind of predict what they're gonna do here. But do you know, do you know what they could have done? Here was something fresh. They'd have put the belt on Shayna Baszler when they were meant to. We could have got Ronda and Shayna at Mania. How good would that have been? 
could have done it, could have given Liv Morgan the belt and have Liv versus Bianca, and then that's two like stars that they need to yeah. be doing more yeah. work on building. Oh, <sighs> this company, man. <laughs> it's difficult. It's it's does become increasingly difficult to to invest in it when you just think there's fucking there's so much talent on both rosters, but more so the women's because it feels like it is literally just that void of. There's the four horsewomen, and then there's everyone yeah. else, and no one can step to that. Well, they do it for a little bit. We'll put you in there for a little bit, and then we'll give you that rub, and then that's it. And there's so many people on that roster that could all have benefited massively from winning the Rumble, that could all do with a runner's champion, that could all do with a WrestleMania moment, like all of that stuff. And for yet another year, we're getting Charlotte, Becky, in at least one of the main events. I'd, I'd be shocked if, and this is going to be a bold statement, 2023 Women's Rumble, the winner isn't Ronda, Charlotte or Becky. Bailey. Nah, I, I think it's going to be one of those three. What, Ronda, I, I, Charlotte or Becky? Yeah. That's how they set up Ronda and Becky Lynch, isn't it? No. Charlotte's just there. Because she's Charlotte, and if she's not got the belt, she's got to fucking win something else. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that's my that's my prediction. Unless they use the elimination chamber as a way to do it, and they haven't defended that, and they lose it, rather than it being you've got your opportunity from winning the rumble. Saying that, they still end they still end up in the fucking in, in mania again in the headline match. Yeah, doesn't doesn't matter to be honest with you. It's just. <laughs> I wouldn't. Super, I, I would be more inclined to say, I, I, I know we, I've just sat in complaining and gone. It's always the four horsewomen, but Bailey or Sasha winning the rumble. I'd think Bailey would be the only one I'd be happy about winning it. I like Bailey. I've got a lot because of time for Bailey. Bailey's my favorite out of the four horsewomen. Yeah, without a doubt. And also just because she's she deserves. I mean, they all deserve it. Really, they're all good. But it's weird that like Bailey and Sasha kind of get less than. Charlotte and Becky. Hmm. And it used to be Charlotte and Sasha and then Becky got herself over. And yeah. then it was like, well, that's just, they, they can do their things. We'll, hmm. we'll push them, but the other two, they're the important ones. <laughs> uh, it is frustrating. Uh, sticking with the Royal Rumble and speaking of things that are frustrating, um, according to a report from Mike Johnson of PW Insider, the planning process for this year's Royal Rumble matches was a frustrating one. According to that report, the men's and women's Rumble matches went under, uh, underwent a battery of changes in the days leading to the event. One source even claims that plans for the men's Rumble changed, quote, 20 times over the final days. This includes changing the spots, the order of entry, elimination, and even specific, uh, bleh, specific wrestler interactions. Jeez. I mean, that that doesn't surprise me. You look at how many times like Raw or SmackDown are rewritten like literally hours before they're due to go out. The men's rumble in particular felt very kind of clunky. Yes, it did. It, it yeah. felt like it felt like it had undergone a lot of changes and people couldn't remember which spots were still in the match and which weren't. Yeah. Even yeah. as far as like Kofi like fucking up his like saving himself spot. Mm. It it's which I mean it's the first time he's ever fucked it up. Yeah. I'm also past seeing Kofi do that sort of thing now. Like, 
It was all right for the first few rumbles. It doesn't need to I, be a staple I liked, of every rumble. Yeah, I liked what they did because Naomi does it in the women's. Well, I like what they did with Naomi where she went to do it and Sonya just yeeted her out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that. that's actually cool because it actually serves a bigger purpose than doing the cool spot. Exactly. exactly. It, it's not, like, they literally, if they wanted, like, well, New Day feuding with fucking Corbin and Moss at the moment, aren't they? Mm. Kind of. Mm. They could have literally just like Corbin, big boot Kofi as he like landed on the thing and eliminated. Yeah, yeah. But hang on. Um yeah. Uh, Changes yeah. that close to the to the pay-per-view is is meant to, especially when it's it's your big like Barmania, your biggest pay-per-view on the calendar, the calendar year. Um mm. and it's just fucking it's beggar's belief in it, it's mental. Yeah. As um, you say, it, it was it it the changes should like should this report come out sort of be sure like in the means 20 plus change over the final days that men's rumble was very reflective of that mm. is it I'm, just take, it didn't it didn't click at all take this with a um with a dumb truck full of, of salt because it's from ringside news and it, they've cited it as an exclusive which means you know <laughs> it's bollocks <laughs> it could be anything well no they, weirdly they've got they got two exclusives that were nailed on okay which tie into this as well which right. the two exclusives they got nailed on leading up was Shane and Bad Bunny. Um, Shane and Bad Bunny. Yeah, they okay. they they broke the news on that. So fair play, they got two right. But yeah. they said that they'd said that there was a considerable amount of heat on Shane McMahon because he he uh, like tampered with the structure of the match to make it that he came out looking better than like a lot of other people. Mm. Given the way that played out. You'd be inclined to believe that you would. You absolutely would. <laughs> I don't um, know if we've got it in the news, but uh, oh, you some, have, you have, yeah. Oh, Shane, yes, yeah. yes, we have. Um, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, moving on. Um, WrestleVotes just tweeted that Lesnar had to be the winner at the Rumble, and uh, that they've told. They legitimately have no idea what the WWE title match at Mania is going to be at this point. Avoid the old pigeonhole. Uh, I know a couple of weeks ago, Meltzer said it was looking like it was going to be Rollins versus Big E. Now, if Lashley's got the belt, that obviously... Lashley. don't know. Rollins could win it in the, in the chamber. Oh, that's true. They, they could, the thing is, though, which will we'll bring up in a second because obviously it's not going to be Big E because of something that we got later in the news. <laughs> right, right, but right. It, it, it's very weird that they'd... It, it, it's very weird they'd, like, change everything so much mm. based on the fact that the top guy had COVID and was out for, like, a week. Yeah. Like, they... That Roman missing that match with um with Brock at day one, instead of them going, okay, we'll just rearrange that, we'll just have Brock squash somebody, they've completely fucked around. Completely the turned everything on its head. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um to the point now where it's like, well, what the hell are they gonna do? Yeah. And it's like they don't know. It's it's, it's weird that they've like gone this route, like this road road, sorry, just to just to basically remedy the fact that one match couldn't happen. Mm. That they've effective, they've effectively like changed weeks, if not months, of creative. Yeah. Yeah. Because one match on one day could not happen. 
that's balmy. It's 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 madness. It shows shows like the way the fucking company is run at the moment is just mm. oof, Jesus. So next up, according to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, Shane McMahon has a match on the books for not just Elimination Chamber, but also WrestleMania 38. Elimination Chamber's in Saudi as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, a change record like is like in Saudi. Best in the world, isn't he? He beat Roman clean as a whistle in his last match. No, he didn't. What? When? He, he beat Roman. beat Roman. Well, not clean as a whistle. Beat, beat Roman. I do not remember that. that. I'm pretty sure that was Roman's last loss on pay-per-view. As if. Yeah. I, which which I, means that Shane's winning the WWE Championship in the Elimination Chamber. No, Christ, no. What's I more, what's more over the water source in a desert, Troy? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sweat McMahon. Um, I've got no interest in seeing Shane McMahon in any match, on any pay-per-view, in any country, ever. I don't, I don't know why he has this... With his scrappy-do punches, don't you want to see that? <laughs> I don't know why he has this necessity to just interject himself. Like, why? I do. Why? I do. Have you, have you seen that? Have you seen, like, the difference in tweets from, like, Shane's birthday and John Cena's birthday, mate? <laughs> Come on, now. Oh, man. Yeah, Dude, I... Vince's love. <laughs> like look dad I can jump off a cage this is bitch Vince just doesn't even look up from his newspaper <laughs> just talks disapprovingly <laughs> then you see Roman choke out Seth Rollins and Vince like yeah fuck's sake <laughs> looking at Brock like I wish you were my son <laughs> oh wow uh, <laughs> we move on <laughs> yeah, uh, so WrestleVotes tweeted, um, confirmed with the source that Finn Balor is not injured in any way. He's out of the country, however, WWE expects him but back in plenty of time for WrestleMania. I mean, um, does it matter if he's back in time for WrestleMania? They won't use him. I mean, his, his last match he lost to the Dirty Dogs. They, they seem to be um, setting him up for a feud with Damian Priest. Obviously, I suppose he's not held the US Championship before, has he? No. no, he's up against Connor, isn't he? Not yours. I see, and Universal. It, he, um, I, I mean, it, it does seem like Vince is just not asked about him at all. No, nah, it's not. Um, that's no secret, really. Like, and it's plainly obvious. On he's more asked. He's more, he's more asked about Austin Theory when he hasn't beaten Fergal. Um, <sighs> maybe that that'll be Shane's mania match. What Shane and Finn? Shane versus Theory in the custody of Vince Ladder match. <laughs> Vince is looking at Austin Theory, thinking he's his son. Oh, mate, don't do this. I don't want to see any of this shit. This is all nonsense. You, you know what, mate? It doesn't matter because it's for an audience of one, and it ain't you, and it ain't <laughs> me. For the old man, it is disappointing to see how how they've just let Finn fall into obscurity. What it feels like. Him, him and AJ were the two that are like whose whose contracts have been up recent, well, recent-ish. That I've kind of been like, oh, I hope they don't re- resign. I'd like to see them go somewhere else and do something else. And they've both resigned. Yeah, yeah. AJ, AJ though, he's he's getting silly money, and AJ AJ's a weird one because he's still 
kind of like warrants the respect, even though he's like made his name elsewhere before, mm. which is normally where Vince is like, no, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. AJ's kind of like the exception to the rule where you can see Vince still enjoys him, mm. knows how good he is, and is like, yeah, I don't want to lose him. Yeah, yeah. Finn, on the other hand, he's phenomenal. Like we were, we were talking about how he was going through like a career renaissance similar to like Eddie Guerrero this time last year. Mm. And now look. During his NXT run. Yeah. Comes yeah. back up to the main roster or gets fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of people whose who's careers have fallen like they've fallen through, uh, Big E has officially been brought back to SmackDown as a member of the New Day again. Um, this, I imagine, is in the absence of Woods, who is out injured. Um, Woods is due back in like two or three weeks though. Okay. He's not he's not like a long term injury. He's, uh, he said he said he'll he'll he could be as back as early as the back as early as this Friday. Okay. So it, it you wouldn't think it was that, but I, again it kind of I, I saw a quote about this where uh, someone said it looks like I think it was Adam Pacitti off Kotalik said that it looks like Vince is kind of handling that in a way where it's like well, the big experiment. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's the case. I think they they didn't give him enough enough time. They didn't give him enough... Um... It just didn't give him a good run with it. Do you know what? I saw something earlier, and I was in, I didn't want to. I was like, but I am inclined to agree with it. And it had a bit... It was a picture of Jinder and a picture of Biggie and said, who had, who, 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 who had the better title run? And the you majority said Jinder, and I agree. Jinder was fucking booked stronger than Biggie. Was Jinder? Jinder wrestled on pay per views. Biggie wrestled like two pay per view matches before sure, he lost it. One. Oh, okay. but yeah, yeah. He had drew a crown royal. He right. had, he had the the five way at day one. Oh yeah. And the only other pay per view match he wrestled was the one against Roman at Survivor Series, which doesn't really count. Mm. Didn't he was was he? Was he on like the pre-show of nah. Extreme Rules in like a I, nothing match? Wasn't defending the title. He was just. I, I didn't even watch Extreme Rules last year. I didn't. It's like the thing is as well. It's to kind of, it kind of like parallels the Liv Morgan thing, doesn't it? It was something that people wanted to see for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, look, look at us in the Rumble this this weekend. All of us. Everybody in that room was cheering Liv Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all wanted Liv to win that Rumble. Yeah. And it was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And the same happened with Biggie. Mm-hmm. He come out, we were all chatting. And then Shane come out, was like, oh, no. And then <laughs> and Brock come out, and it was like, the right was on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And oh, I, just, I just fucking, come on, man. Come on. Come on. You're better than this. Oh, um, no, then uh, at this point, <laughs> no. Um, speaking of bad of bad life choices, um, WWE made another one when um, only weeks after releasing him from the company, they reportedly tried to bring Jeff Hardy back for an unlikely return. Hardy was let go by WWE in December of 2021, only days after he was sent home following a WWE house show in which he grew sluggish and tagged out of his match before heading backstage through the ringside area. After being sent home, WWE offered to send Hardy to rehab, but the charismatic enigma refused, leading to his release. In an update, 
dear old Davey Meltzer reported in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that John Laurinaitis called, sorry, Laurinaitis uh, <laughs> called Hardy. That was a Freudian slip, that one. Um, called Hardy a few weeks ago in an attempt to bring him back into WWE, which, which included an offer for Hardy to be inducted into the 2022 Hall of Fame. Hardy rejected the offer and asked for his drug test results instead, as he reportedly knew he would have, wouldn't have tested positive for recreational uh, drugs. Hardy got the results back after six weeks of asking. Okay. Um, within WWE, which would, would indicate that it it was definitely a fucking negative test. Yeah, absolutely. If, yeah. They've, if they've like gone, oh, well, we don't want to give you them yet, that would indicate that it's definitely it's a negative, negative test. Um, and Jeff, well, everyone, Jeff was like adamant mm-hmm. that he, uh, like, there was nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because it would, before we go to this next bit, do you reckon it was him trying to do the the thing we're about to talk about, or do you reckon it was just maybe he was just like fuck this, uh, or maybe he was just having a bad night? Maybe it was just a bad night because didn't he get fucking got donkey punched, didn't he? Roman lamped him at one point, yeah, and you see on his entrance he comes out and he looks fine, mm. and like Roman just like the. There's a bit where Roman like hits like a stiff forearm on like to like the back of his head, and he looks like he's been knocked loopy, and he mm. just goes ah fuck this and just gets out the ring yeah, after yeah. like struggling to do stuff for a few minutes. Um, which I mean, talk about wrongful dismissals. Jesus Christ, if they dismiss dismissed him thinking he's failed a piss test, that- or thinking he would fail a piss test mm-hmm. when it was actually a head injury, that's that's serious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, we'll add on this next bit. Uh, within WWE, the belief is they don't want Hardy to sign for, with AEW and reform the Hardy Boys with Brother Matt because the company think the tag team will be revitalized by working with the likes of the Young Bucks, FTR, the Lucha Bros, and Santana and Ortiz. Furthermore, while AEW can't make a legal offer, un- offer until after Jeff's non-compete clause expires after March the 9th, the belief is he will be AEW bound unless he suddenly decides to rejoin WWE. And uh, that was transcribed by Cultaholic, so thanks a lot for that, Cultaholic Boys. He's going to AEW. What he's there's no way he's re-signing back with him. You know for a fact that Matt's like literally said, look, these have these have been really good to me since I've come here. Yeah, yeah. John Coven will wrestle a few tag team dream matches before we retire. <laughs> I mean, literally on Rampage this week, Matt Hardy was teasing the private party versus the Hardys. Oh, yes. Which I'm I'd be down for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the fucking barmy six weeks to get his results back. The the fact as well, like look at Survivor Series when he was like the sole survivor. Mm. How over was Jeff? Mm. Jeff will never not be over. Yeah, he's he's like he's got like the Rey Mysterio pop, hasn't he? Like, yeah. yeah. Apart from yeah, that time, they, apart from that time they booed Mysterio at the Rumble. Don't worry about don't it. Worry about don't worry about that. <laughs> 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 yeah, like that's the thing though. Jeff's like always someone who everyone like just loves to see. Hmm. Like you get you get hyped, and the other thing as well. And this is this is something I'd definitely be interested in seeing if Jeff goes to AEW. Jeff Hardy vs Darby Allen. Oh, spoopy match! Because they're both like essentially the same wrestler. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've got the same like, kind of like intangible appeal that make people just love them. Mm. You don't know why, but you do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that could be but, really cool. Yeah, who who, who do you? Uh, Look forward to seeing the Hardys wrestle outside of WWE. The most doesn't necessarily have to be an AW, could be anything. Lucha Brothers. 
yeah, same. <laughs> Absolutely lose like all day, every day. I, I'd, I'd be intrigued by FTR and the Hardys. Yeah. Um, Young Bucks not so much because they they did it on Ring of Honor, oh, and yeah, while they yeah. were while they were really good matches, I think I'd rather see the Hardys wrestle a few teams they've never wrestled before. Mm-hmm. Another one, Red Dragon. Oh fuck Give me yeah. that. Yeah, Give man. me that. Hook him up. Yeah. House yeah. of Black. Give me Brody yeah. King just flattening Jeff Hardy. <laughs> uh, next up, Victoria Vicky Askew, uh, the mother of Vince McMahon, has passed away, unfortunately, at the age of 101. She passed away on January the 20th of natural causes. 101. On a, a eulogy. Um, it's available on... Um, I, I think I got this off Fightful. Um, it's, it's on there. And they said that she was playing tennis till she was 94. That's absurd. But refused to be in a senior league because she felt that she was too young to be in it. <laughs> so in other words, she's definitely Vince's mother. She's absolutely Vince's mother. <laughs> oh, bless. That is a shame. Yeah. Uh, sorry for the loss of um, Vicky Askew, the mother of Vince. Yeah. Also, it was a year to the day that Vince lost his brother as well. Really? Mm. Bloody hell. Which is mad. Jeez. Um, yeah, uh, moving on um, to some more interesting news. We've There's been a lot of speculation, hasn't there, that WWE are putting themselves up for sale, mm. trying to make themselves as attractive as possible. Uh, well, looks like the wheels are in motion on something. Uh, WWE have agreed to an international streaming deal with Disney that will see Disney Plus Hotstar become the exclusive home of the WWE Network in Indonesia. Beginning on the 30th of January, which is yesterday at time recording, um, two days ago, if you listen on Jacks, major WWE events will be available on the service as part of the standard subscription and programming will be available in Indian, Indonesia's local la- language, Bahasa, Indonesia, and English. The deal could be the prelude to further agreements between the two organizations and deadline reported. The companies are understood to have held preliminary discussions for other territories. Speaking about the new deal with Disney, Nick Khan called the company the gold standard in creating iconic intellectual property that serves as the backbone for international business growth. WWE President Nick Khan said in 2021 that WWE were looking to sell their streaming rights to territories outside the US and has noted that in November, conversations were ongoing about the company's plan for the WWE Network in the UK. Um, That was also, of course, Alex's news podcast today. Uh. Yeah, like you say, it's it is it feels like the wheels are in motion for what a lot of people have been speculating for quite a while. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's it feels like it's only a matter of time now, really, doesn't it? I think that within two years, yeah. WWE will be fully sold. Yeah, I, I I genuinely think like within two years that this the purchase will be either about to be announced or like it'll be going through like the legal. Mm-hmm. Proceed to go through to make sure it's not like it's not causing an issue with yeah. them buying. Um, I yeah, I I think the major thing that WWE really has going against it for a sale is that obviously the the working with Disney outside of the US within the US they're working quite close with NBC Universal mm-hmm. and Fox as well who are owned by Disney. Um. But their streaming service is on Peacock, which is NBC Universal. So it might be that they've hamstrung any kind of like sale 
until that deal is up, which yeah, I, yeah. I can't. Was it two or three years that deal? Mm, three. So three. Yeah, so that 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 would make sense then. Mm. I I really don't want them to get rid of the network because it's like the only bloody thing that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've tried to use Peacock over here. It's not actually. To be fair, if we went on Disney Plus, I wouldn't be too mad because Disney Plus works good. Mm. Disney Plus is very user for very yeah, yeah. user I, I like this streaming platform. Um, better than Amazon Prime. Oh god, Amazon Prime's hardware. Terrible interface. <laughs> Amazon, Disney Plus is basically like um, it's a similar sort of interface to WWE Network, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it does feel like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, shall we move on? Yeah. Let's, last, uh, last little bit what? of WWE news. Oh, we covered that before, didn't we? Oh, we did. We did. did broke, yes, that was it. <laughs> In re- <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we did at the start in regards to uh, Riddle and Randy Orton. Uh, yeah. SummerSlam, which didn't happen. Uh, in that case, that wraps up WWE news. NXT news then. Uh, we'll, we'll start with some news about Odyssey Jones. Um, 2.0 star has... Uh, he's going to be sidelined for a while, basically. Uh, it looks set for a long spell out um, to be sidelined after it's confirmed that he's undergone surgery for an injury suffered several weeks back. On Tuesday's edition of NXT, it was mentioned that Jones had successfully undergone uh, surgery uh, to repair an injured patella tendon uh, with commentator Vic Joseph noting that he should be able to return to action in the fall. That's a shame. Yeah. I remember, um, I'm sure Mark Henry had that. He was out for like nine months. Mm. It's like, it's, it's cause it's the tendon that attaches your kneecap to your knee, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and when you're a guy of that size, that's, uh, that, I mean, that's why I instantly thought of like Mark Henry as well, because yeah. obviously there's like similar builds, mm-hmm. um, similar sort of frame and similar weight class. So it would be like, yeah, if, they, if he was out for that time period, you'd assume that Odyssey is going to be out at a similar time. It's a shame. I've not watched too much NXT 2.0, but whenever I've seen him on there, I've really been like entertained by Odyssey Jones. Yeah, he's great. Like big energy, like really quick for a guy of his size. I know that phrase gets used quite often in wrestling, um, but he is. like The guy's enormous. Uh, and yeah. Bounds around uh, like someone half his weight. Very charismatic. Um, he reminds me a bit awesome. of from what I've seen. Of who, sorry? Jonah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just hopefully speedy recovery because it felt like they were just starting to, to get the wheels turning to build a bit of momentum with him. So, unfortunately... Rock's been pulled out from underneath him, but yeah, speedy, speedy recovery. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, we were talking last week about uh, WrestleVotes' report that WWE are thinking of changing up NXT 2.0 again. Uh, Dave Meltzer had multiple points, which we'll, we'll break down shortly. Well, we'll break up down now. Um, of ways they're looking at kind of changing up. So according to Meltzer, um, in the Wrestling Observer News letter this week, WWE are considering bringing in talent from outside of the company to work with developmental talents on Tuesday night show. The plan would be to sign indie wrestlers to non-exclusive six-week deals that would allow them to continue working outside of the company, and they'd be similarly used to Samoa Joe, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa before they signed exclusive contracts with WWE. Um, I mean, they, they did have like a lot of indie talent on the books before they fired them all. Did. Um, is this? I, well, 
I, I was gonna say, I think this like so it worked really well when they just bring in like Gargano and Champa and Joe mm. to just kind of like they they brought Joe into feud with Kevin Owens and the initial plan was it was gonna be like a six week thing. And then he ended up signing. Yeah. Um and also like Gargano and Champa, it was that's what led to like DIY form and where they were just kind of there to have like these really fun like marquee matches against uh, teams that they wanted to kind of elevate. Mm. I what's weird about it to me is that considering they're trying to distance themselves so much from NXT Black and Gold, mm. this is very this much an NXT what, Black and Gold thing. Yeah, they were, this is what they were doing prior to that. Also, like the the way that the indie scene is at the moment, what. Why would like if they're paying like what they've offered like developmental talent in the past? Why would they even bother? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, one way of looking at it is, oh yeah, it'll get them a bit more exposure. But the other, the other side of the coin is, are WWE going to let someone who's like essentially a freelancer there for six weeks look remotely good, or are they going to like go in just to like get squashed by I don't know, like Von Wagner or Haaland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. That's the thing, is you're gonna let someone in that isn't officially signed to your company come in and look better than other people on the roster. Yeah. So like, then what's the appeal if the, the only thing is, oh yeah, I was on WWE, but I got squashed for six weeks. Like, yeah, like let's look at a say, for example, so someone who's actually been released, actually. Let's use Alex Zane as an example, the former mm-hmm. Ari Sterling. He's been doing really good work since he left WWE. He's wrestled for the Ring of Honor title in Ring of Honor. Um he done countless GCW appearances. He's, I think he's shown up in PWG as well. Mm. And he he doesn't need to. Oh, and he's been in uh, New Japan Strong as well. Yeah. Uh, he do, he doesn't need to go back to WWE for six weeks just to be made to look like a fucking jobber again. Mm-hmm. Because he's already like kind of built on his name. He's he's got the thing of like former NXT star in his. Yeah. In like a kind of resume, like people aren't going to look up his win loss record in NXT because no. it was the time when they were like stockpiling talent and like guys like that weren't really getting on TV. Mm. It, it, I don't, I don't know who this kind of thing is aimed at, and no. I think if the if they do it like um, like the NXT of old did, where they have like competitive matches. It'll work, but I, I honestly don't see that happening. I see them bringing the, these talents in to just be fed to like the like next new guy. New guy. Mm-hmm. Von Wagner's going around squashing people at the moment, isn't he? He'll, oh, he'll be a, he'll be having some very good come Tuesdays. Come Tuesday, come Tuesday. Fuck's sake! Uh, sticking with uh, Meltzer's bits and pieces around this. Um, he further noted that there have been talks within the company about resuming NXT house shows. WWE management reportedly don't believe reportedly don't believe developmental talent can have enough matches just working on TV to make adequate progress inside the ring. And with the fo- key focus of NXT now being back on talent development, live shows would be an easy way to provide wrestlers with more ring time. That yeah, the sense. old the old floor of the coconut loop, as they used to call it. Um, yeah, where they go. They do like three or four like little shows around Florida, mm. for, largely to the same audience of people. Yeah, and um, yeah, just 
just let them just slowly <laughs> get some use of that cut that schedule that working tv stuff that traveling mm-hmm. about back and forth and well i know um the the one that springs to mind is t-bar and mace they were kind of like established as a tag team there first okay and then they never went back to being a team until they were brought up to retribution like a year right. later right, right um but um when he was uh just still going by his real name brennan walker mace was like stupidly over on them like i'd seen yeah. seen videos where he'd like he managed to get over him just sitting down in the corner <laughs> and people would like start chanting for it nice um and stuff like that and it's like it's a good way for especially someone like that for example um who was like a former like american footballer he wasn't mm-hmm. he, he he wasn't like an indie wrestler no. He didn't have any kind of prior training. This was his learning thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good way for them to kind of like experiment with the characters or build like a new. Mm-hmm. Also, they did the old, uh, they did the old like uh, Halloween battle royals, didn't they? Where uh, Tegan yeah. Knox dressed as Kane, <laughs> Shayna Baszler dressed as someone brilliant as well. But I can't remember who it was. But more of that, please. Yes, but Absolutely. put it on the network. That that's a good way to kind of let us endear ourselves to these mm. stars, like. You're just trying to like expect them to like, like if you give them like a bit of a glimpse of like who they are really. Yeah. Like Sh- Shayna Baszler is another example. I I love Shayna Baszler because she's so fucking funny on up up down down. Yeah, she's gold, absolutely and gold. That that's part of the reason why I'm like a huge fan of Shayna, other than the fact that she's basically a female Minoru Suzuki. Um, <laughs> she's she's just a genuinely hilarious person as well. Yeah. Um. So moving on from the future plans to people that they've kind of pegged as future stars from this like Melter report today. Um, WWE management is very high on the Creed brothers and believe Julius has picked up pro wrestling tremendously and is very smart. Their internal comparisons being made of Julius Creed and Kurt Angle when he started. Um, haven't but seen both at the same stage. Angle was well ahead of overall in pretty much every facet. The idea internally is both at, will at some point be WrestleMania headliners which is the internal term used for big guys that they think has the potential that can be like in the main event of WrestleMania one day. Um, Meltzer also claimed that WWE are impressed by LA Knight despite the former Impact World Champion's age. Even though he's 39, company officials are very high right now on LA Knight. And as of a few weeks ago, he was slated for a main roster spot in the spring after WrestleMania. That may have sped up since he's already been, been he's already taped a backstage confrontation with the Dirty Dogs. Um, and finally, Meltzer also reported that WWE like what they've seen so far from Von Wagner and Zion Quinn. Management is also high on Von Wagner and Zion Quinn based on their look and size, and they are very forgiving of their inexperience in the ring, hoping they will pick things up in time. I mean, of the two, Zion Quinn, for me, is the better person in ring. Yeah. He seems um, quite charismatic as well, Zion Quinn. Yeah. I mean, he's, like he, he looks like everything you'd expect in a professional like he looks like a professional wrestler was he the one that Heyman tried to call up to the main roster or was that Duke Hudson uh, it was Duke Hudson Duke Hudson I think yeah um, yeah he's uh, he's from what I've seen of him he seems very charismatic he seems mm. he, he's definitely got something there yeah he had a match uh, on Smackdown during the pandemic didn't he against Sheamus when he was going under I think his real name like Daniel Vado no. yeah um, LA Knight is fucking awesome. How he's not on the main roster yet, I don't know. 
Like he's got a headline of Ryan all over him. I Ryan keeps saying that it keeps saying EC3, and I'm scared for that. I know. Me too. But I think LA Knight, when I first saw him, the first thing I thought was he reminds me of the rock. Exactly the same. Yeah, me too. I he's got that level of charisma. He's he, he's got the kind of so he started off as like a, it was either a reality TV show star or he was on a TV show anyway. Mm. So he already kind of knows like where the camera is and how to. Yeah. yeah. He had that running impact, which obviously me and Aaron quote a lot. If anyone <laughs> hasn't seen it, it, some of the stuff he comes out with is just fucking gold. I mean, he's doing yeah. a lot of that same stuff now in NXT. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, he is he, someone I'm. I've, I'm genuinely shocked they haven't done more with an NXT. Yeah, when he debuted at Stand and Deliver, I was thinking, okay, they're probably going to just strap the rocket to him. He's going to be like the equivalent of what Bobby Roode was like to NXT. Mm. Like he's going to be kind of like the the pillar of like the new era of NXT. Yeah, because obviously that that was when it kind of started to change when Roode came mm. in. Yeah. Um, and the Creed brothers, I've only seen the Creed brothers. Stuff, but they look awesome. I love the Creed. They brothers. look like if Walter had boys. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they could have been Walter's sons. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, they, they just scream Kurt Angle, like Team Angle to me. They're really good. Really, really, really good. Do you think we're going to see a bit more of a, a shift from the leadership of um, Diamond Mind from Roddy Strong to those two then? I don't know. You really. see, him already like the kind of like done with Roderick Strong. Mm, and know. Diamond Diamond Mine as well is like one of like the remnants of like NXT Black and Gold that's been kept. Well, just they were on the cusp, weren't they? Like they weren't. That was Triple H's last big project, though. Mm. Yeah, it was. and really yeah, part of like the original plan of the Diamond Mine, and they've they seem to be putting more of a focus on the Creed brothers and Ivy Nile than they are on Roderick Strong, who was the guy who was like meant to be the kind of like the diamond of the diamond mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Plus, all Roddy's friends are in AW, it's a matter of time. That's true, it's true. <laughs> See, you've even signed his fucking wife now, mate, come on. <laughs> I <laughs> so, haven't forgot about Tony that. Elite's like, come on, come on, come on, come home. <laughs> Uh, finally, Meltzer gave an update on Triple H's status following his cardiac event. Uh, he said, there are no plans right now, or even if Paul will return to running NXT, or for him to do any creative in the company due to health issues. Obviously, if his health improves and he wants to, that could change. But the word is that it's not anything people have been told is happening in me, uh, imminently. But they are very happy with Shawn Michaels right now, feeling he's been under pressure to make stars fast with the changes in the show. And he made Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, uh, LA Knight, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo into stars very quickly. It was noted uh, that this was not his job when he was hired, but it fell upon him when Triple H had health issues and they felt uh, he has great aptitude for the creative process and understanding of how to make stars and make key people stand out. I mean, it, it was pretty much his role when he was still wrestling in WWE for the last like two and a half years of his career. Yeah, it's like he, but arguably you could say that Shawn Michaels was the reason Edge kind of got like the the sort of rub to become a world champion because he had that really good feud with Shawn Michaels in I think it was two thousand four, um, mm-hmm. and same for like 
same for uh, Orton, another one. Um, there was other people who didn't really make it, but they they few that was shown before he retired. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously he knows how to kind of like elevate people. Uh, it, it's interesting, isn't it, that they're saying it wasn't his role, but he's also been very hands on with NXT UK prior to yeah. getting this role. So, and also, he's Triple H's best mate. Yeah. Yeah. They they honestly think like Meltzer honestly thinks that Triple H isn't on the fucking phone to show and go and like giving him advice. Of course he is, hundred percent. Just because they've been fired, it doesn't. There's no way in hell Sean isn't like constantly talking to guys like um, William Regal, Regal. Yeah. and like you still got Robbie Brookside there. He's brilliant at talent development. He's got Steve Carino, who's a fucking great eye for talent. Mm. Um, I mean, no Steve Carino, no Kevin Owens, simple as. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that I, th- I think it's one of them. Like we, we were talking about how disappointing it was, like all the names they've released, and that, I, I still stand by that sentiment. It is disappointing to see them get rid of guys like that, but of the same of the same kind of ilk, they still have some very good people around there. And if if this is kind of like the new prototype of the team, where it's like Shawn Michaels as NXT as opposed to Triple H as NXT, mm. then he's still got some fucking great people, like minds for the business around them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like you've just as as you said, you've just got to look at like the names there. Bron Breaker is um he's a mega star waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. He he could have literally come out and won the rumble. Uh, yeah, and and been absolutely fine with it. Loved it. Yeah. Do next year. Next year. Do it, cowards. Um <laughs> yeah, Carmelo Hayes, he's awesome. Um LA Knight, as as we mentioned, he's awesome. Aaron's favorite wrestler of all time, Grayson Waller, is looking like he's a star waiting to happen. The didgery dickhead. The didgery dickhead. And, so, <laughs> and Tony D'Angelo is again, it's someone who's like naturally got over mm-hmm. because of whatever. Yeah. Just because of a little bit of that. <laughs> bit of that. <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of uh, putting pe- putting producers in trunks and making sure they just disappear. <laughs> giving out free concrete shoes for the boys. <laughs> Right, that's everything from uh, the the sphere of WWE. Um, we will hop on to some uh, AEW news. So let's get straight into breaking down Beach Break, shall we, Troy? Yes, boy. Um, so opening match, Meltzer gave it five of the big boys. Uh, ladder match to unify the TNT Championships. Uh, Sammy Guevara beat Cody Rhodes. Uh, the match Cody was showing a bit more, a bit more shades of grey to turn and heel there. I just wish they get on with it. I'm I'm actually liking it. What a real slow burn for him becoming a heel. It, it's because it's getting to the point now where it is like it, the only person who doesn't know he's a heel is Cody. Yeah. And it's working. Um next we had the inner circle defeating Daniel Garcia in 2.0. Uh, some good story building there. Um with that proud and powerful win tagging Jericho in. Mm-hmm. And then proud and powerful ended up winning because Jericho um hit um, Jeff Parker with a Judas effect with his back turn, but then refused with their, like the rest back turn. Yeah. But uh, then he refused to celebrate with them. Um, Layla Hirsch defeated Red Velvet in what was kind of, kind of like the sort of um, big, like launch of Layla Hirsch's new heel character. Um, okay. She was a lot more like me and me and tasty. We're going to talk about it in the AEW review, which you can check where all good podcasts are available. Um, but they basically like 
presented her like Shayna Baszler. Oh, nice. She just tried to like rip Red Velvet's arm off its body. Um, <laughs> and in the main event, a lights out match, Orange Cassidy defeated Adam Cole in what was an absolute banging match. Uh, definitely got your way to watch that. Uh, we've got a bit more on that match a little later on, which we'll get to. That we have. Uh, I still need to get around to watching Beach Break, actually. I've seen a few was, clips and snippets and highlights, but I hear it was very good. There was also a very good House of Black promo. Oh, you always love to see those. Um, moving on, a bit of injury news. Uh, Riho has revealed that she has suffered a broken collarbone and is back in Japan. She last wrestled on January the 8th against Britt Baker. Speedy, speedy recovery to Rio. Yeah, she was taking some nasty bumps in that match, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was why or how she did it, rather. Um, moving on, uh, according to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, Frankie Kazarian signed a new deal with AEW. Um, how long the 44-year-old is under contract there is currently unknown, though. I did not know he was 44. I didn't realise he was 44, but then now you say it, I'm like... Of course he's 44. He and, feels like he's been at that for ages. Like, I remember we were going through a few old, like, pay-per-views, like when we do the On This Day thing, and Frankie Kazarian's on it, and these are from, like, early 2000s. I'm like, yeah, he's he was in, He was in WWE in 2005. What? Hmm. As Frankie Kazarian? As Frankie Kazarian. No way. And he and then he left, went to Impact, and become a big star there. <laughs> Fair play. That's yeah. good. Like Frankie Kazarian. That's cool. Um, yeah. Got a lot to offer as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what have we got next? The true forbidden door is the one between AEW and New Japan. And if reports are to be believed, New Japan wants to do a fully cross, uh, wants to fully cross through it and co-promote a Tokyo Dome show with AEW. Yes, please. Yes, please. The report comes via Dave Meltzer, who shared uh, the following on the F4 online forum in a discussion about future live plans for AEW. Uh, he said, I hope they run Carson for the first California show uh, and bill it as the biggest dynamite in history. Load it up, tell people ahead of time, the world title match and one big grudge match in May. The weather will be great at night. First wrestling, uh, first time wrestling in a stadium. It's always a risk, but I see Los Angeles, London and Toronto as the markets. AEW need to load up, on, uh, load up on first time in. If COVID ever goes away, uh, I know people in New Japan have talked with me about the idea of a combined dome show after how fast the combined Noah show tickets sold out. Uh, New Japan and AEW have enjoyed some form of working relationship since AEW started with the likes of Chris Jericho, Lance Archer and John Moxley working both promotions, whilst New Japan stars such as Yuji Nagata and Kenta have worked AEW events in the USA. Yes, please. Yes, please. No. It, do it. I'd love it if every year, like they do, like a three night Wrestle Kingdom, and the third night is just New Japan with a different promotion. Yeah. Or even if it was just at EW every year, that would still be fucking awesome. But yeah, man. Yeah. I'd, I'd like it if they did it with like other promotions as well. MLW, Noah, like fucking GCW. Yeah, man. PWG. Like, the the possibilities are end are endless there. Yeah. Um, You've got to think as well that that dome show, the main event's going to be a Cardiverse Punk or a Cardiverse Danielson. Oh, absolutely. 100%. It's one of them, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what it should be. Um, yeah. Any other any other New Japan uh, AEW dream matches you want to see? Um, I mean, we've had Suzuki and Brian already, haven't we? But I mean, I'll take yeah. it again. <laughs> um, I'd love to see GOD against Lucha Brothers. 
be fucking I'd, awesome. I'd love to see uh, Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd be really... Tanahashi and Mox? No, Tanahashi's too beautiful to get hit by Mox in such a way. (laughs) (laughs) But it would still be good. (laughs) That being said, Tanahashi versus Punk's one that really intrigues me. Mm. I think they'd have a good match. Punk Um, and Kenta? Punk and Kenta was the one that should happen. Um, In a custody of Dan Housen ladder match. Um, (laughs) And also... a bit of a like sort of like out of the left field one. I'd love to see like MJF against some somebody who's like a proper like white meat baby face, like Satoshi Kojima or something like that. <laughs> like Redman. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like that. I'd like that. But yeah, I think the the possibilities are endless there. It's, it's really cool. I hope mm. I hope it happens. Also, I hope the London dynamite that Meltzer has been banging on about there. Yeah, is man. That so we can go. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, moving on, speaking of uh, surprise appearances, uh, top, top shagger, gentleman's club enthusiast Hook <laughs> appeared on stage with Action Bronson at a show in San Diego uh, last night as Bronson played Hook's entrance music, the chairman's intent. Have you seen the I've video? Seen the clip. I've seen oh. it. <laughs> Hook just looks like a fucking star wherever he goes, doesn't he? <laughs> Action Bronson just marking out. Apparently, Action Bronson and Taz are really good friends, you know? Really? Which is why Hook's got like his entrance the music. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. I love Action Bronson. I love Action Bronson. He's great. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm break the the wonderful news. The best the news. Wonderful we've... news. Friend of the podcast. He does our intro. Dan Housen is all elite Housen. He debuted during the Lights Out match with Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy, and quickly was revealed by Tony Khan as the company's latest signing. Dan Housen is currently sidelined, uh, having suffered a significant leg break at an independent card on Halloween. However, he is reportedly ahead of schedule in his recovery. Didn't have his boot on. Didn't have his boot on. Didn't have his protective boot on. I reckon he's weeks away. Um, I mean, we're, we're definitely getting Dan Housen and Billy Ass first, the Ass Boys, aren't we? Yeah. Yes, we are. Um, we're definitely going to get Dan Housen doing something with Punk. Yeah. At some Pepsi point. Man. And MJF. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe even as soon as this week, seeing as on uh, Beach Break, we had like another MJF and Punk promo. Mm-hmm. And the match got made official for this week's Dynamite in Chicago, where MJF's absolutely beaten Phil. Oh, he is. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, th- this is this is a great sign. I, I love the kind of... You, you saw everyone from all different circles of wrestling just happy that Dan Housen got a, con- a big contract yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Because he seems like just the best. He really does. Really, really does. I'm over the moon about that. Because as you say, like, I've not heard anyone say a bad word about Dan Housen. Certainly not wrestlers anywhere. Like, I've, I've seen on various Facebook kind of groups and forums and stuff like that, like people not getting the character, not understanding it and this, that and the other. You've just got to invest in it. And it's it's gold. It's brilliant. Uh, it's, a, it's a lost art. And yeah, it, it's 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 going to be really fun to see how how he interacts with all of the different people on the roster. That where they can go with these storylines, just it's fun. It's awesome. It's brilliant. I reckon his first match is going to be Adam Cole. Yeah, because C- of... cursed Adam Cole. Yeah, either that or he's going to do something with Brody King to carry on the Ring of Honor stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, uh, very good. Yeah, very nice. Very. Evil. very- <laughs> um, 
that's everything from all elite wrestling aew news uh let's do a quick so for the rest of the world let's do a quick breakdown we give a preview of the world on gcw their biggest show ever at the hammerstein ballroom let's do a quick breakdown so in the opening match the pubs blue ribbon uh kickoff battle royal big vin won by last eliminating charles mason uh got a surprise little surprise thunder rosa for everyone there that was nice yeah man that was cool um in the opening match, uh, a ladder match, a grab-the-brass ring ladder match, AJ Gray defeated Jordan Oliver, Jimmy Lloyd, Alex Cologne, PCO, Tony Deppen, and G-Raver uh, in what was, oh boy, a uh, difficult watch. Um, that, oh, mate, that was... It was, it was just yeah. fuckery. It was an absolute clusterfuck. Yeah. Well, um, we had a scramble match. Uh, Grim Reefer defeated Jack Cartwheel, Dante Leone, uh, Ninja Mac, Alex Zane, and Shane Mercer. Shane Mercer should have won that. He's the best. Yeah. Um, Shane Mercer's so good. That was yeah. my first time watching him. And uh, yeah, boss. really boss. Um, we had Team Gringo Loco, the team of Gringo Loco, um, Flamita and Eres, defeat Bandido, ASF and Laredo Kid in a, a match which was wild. Um, pretty fun. Just lots of flippy yeah. stuff, wasn't it? Lots of lucha stuff. We got Blake Christian versus Leo Rush, which I forgot about. Yeah, and that and match fucking slapped. Was one of the best matches on the card. For me. Yeah, it was meant to be Jonathan Gresham here. Unfortunately, had COVID, um, and got pulled last minute. And Leo Rush replaced Jonathan Gresham. Chef's kiss. Yes. Uh, we had my favorite match of the night, which was just absolute fuckery. Matt Cardona defeating Joey Janela. <laughs> uh, it's just, it was just madness. Got cheeky Virgil cameo, didn't we? Yeah, cheeky Hornswoggle. Got. We got a uh, Brian Myers dressed up as Edge at One Night Stand 2006, Spear and Joey Janela to a door. Um, oh, mate. Yeah, another sort of clusterfuck, overbooked nonsense, but it was fun. It was really, really yeah, fun. It was really entertaining. Uh, Ruby Soho defeated Ali Katch in a really fun match. Um, Jeff Jarrett defeated Effie. Um, by much, to, much to Ryan's delight. Oh, Ryan, Ryan's so angry. Um, hitting him. <laughs> Hitting him with a guitar and then hitting a stroke with the guitar around his neck, just because why not? Um, <laughs> John Moxley defeated Homicide to re- retain the GCW World Championship after coming out to shit list. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. I think that might get played in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and GCW Tag Team Champions, the Briscoes, lost their belts to um, in an open challenge against the Hate Club, the team of Nick Gage and Matt Tremont. Um Now, do you want to go? Should we go straight into this next bit? Yeah. So GCW founder Brett Lauderdale uh, commented on the show saying Sunday was a smash hit business-wise for GCW. All records shattered and it's not even close, but I'm not happy at all. I feel like a lot of let, uh, I let a lot of people down. I got played and I should have known better. Big time learning experience. Got to work harder than ever to get a second chance. Um, yeah. I mean, what was this in regards to then? So there was a few things. Nick Wayne, who's only 16, got pulled from the show because of um, the New York Code rules and regulations thing. Now, the, the, New York, um, the New York Code and regulation is that uh, you've got to be 18 to be part of a combat sport. Now, wrestling does not fall under that category. No. It's very strict what they've got written down. It doesn't fall under there. Mm. Um, so re- he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have been pulled from the card is what they're saying. Um, and then obviously there's the other stuff where it was just timing. Um, 
that it was the first time that GCW actually put it on proper pay-per-view on TV, not like mm-hmm. on Just Fight TV. Mm-hmm. I think it was almost as if like they were kind of, it feels as though they were kind of talked into doing it because they announced it very late. And because of that, they've got strict time restri- restrictions, which meant everything after Jeff Jarrett and Effie just felt rushed as fuck. Right, right. I don't, Mox and, Mox and um, Homicide and the tag team title match both felt rushed. Uh, they cut a lot of video packages from it mm. um, as well, which was kind of like mentioned by Lenny Leonard. Um and also they caught a lot of um a lot of other stuff from other matches. Um so yeah, it, it it seems as if it was that. What's interesting is I saw something on Twitter that the both last two times that a wrestling show has been at the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom, which I think were the only two times WWE hasn't done it. Mm. It's been sabotaged in some way, shape, or form, whether it's down to the Nick the Nick Wayne thing here, where he right. got pulled very last minute and he had to reshuffle the whole card um, to a New Japan ran a show there and their ambulance got mysteriously cancelled by a New Japan representative what? who wasn't a New Japan representative oh, so it, it delayed the show because they had to then try and get another ambulance to be at right. the show because you have to have one there yeah, yeah, at the course. show yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's interesting we'll definitely keep an eye on what whether anything comes out of this Mm, maybe a dark side of the ring episode (laughs) yeah yeah um should we go into the last bit of gcw news uh aaron's like christmas has come early (laughs) right Uh, (laughs) gcw announced the following events for the collective which is set to run wrestlemania weekend um in dallas so on thursday march the 31st at 8 p.m we've got joey janelle's spring break part one um and then at midnight-ish, we've got For the Culture, uh, two totally different shows there. Um, <laughs> Joey Janelle's Spring Break being just uh, just an acid trip. Uh, For the Culture is usually done as a way to kind of highlight a lot of um, a lot of like black and Hispanic talent that may not get the platform they always should. Oh, nice! Uh, last year's main event was Two Cold Two Cold Scorpio versus Rich Swan. Oh wow! It was a Leo Rush match that. Phil Lindsay said was the best match of WrestleMania week to me. So and um, I still haven't watched that. I keep meaning to. So I I, I need to borrow Aaron's uh, login for <laughs> Fight TV for that. <laughs> uh, on the first of April, 8 p.m. Gringo Locos, the world on Lucha, which I'm guessing is going to be just a Lucha Libre mm-hmm. showcase. Be fun. Uh Saturday, April the second, but technically Friday our time at um oh no, it's Saturday our time, it's sort of Friday at midnight. Uh, Joey Janela's spring break. Six part two, which apparently will have the greatest clusterfuck. Which, oh boy, um, <laughs> is that just essentially a rumble? But it, it's a like rumble, a, a but lawless royal rumble. It's just, it's just chaotic. Mm. It, it's just like it, they get just random people in, um, right. like not even I wouldn't even call them legends. Like one year they have Mantar. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, I I watched uh, Battle Riot three yesterday. From MLW last year's Battle Royale, and that is an overbooked mess. That's a forty-man Rumble match, but they come in every sixty seconds. You can win by going over the top, pinfall, submission, weapons count. At one point, there are about twenty-six people in the ring, and you couldn't move for love nor money. That's that's essentially the battle. Uh, the Battle Riot is similar to the Clusterfuck, only the right. Clusterfuck is much more madness. Christ, <laughs> like to to the point where one year they just had like random. 
um, they had like the singer of Weeks Center, for example. Uh, oh yeah, you said about that and stuff like that. It, it's it's always crazy. It's a, it's always absolutely fucking mental. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And also announced, but no date yet, is Effie's Big Gay Brunch. And um, along with the usual wrestling at the collective, GCW has also announced that the GCW World Fair, which will have podcasts, stage shows, games, and more events for the collective were not announced. Um, a dozen events were held under the collective banner, banner last year in uh, 2021. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's like, it's, it's really like a smorgasbord of like different indie Kyle, like kind of styles, as I say there, like there's for the culture and uh, the world on Lucha, totally different to like Joey Janela's spring breaks one and two, which usually end up like, so uh, Joey Janela's spring break was where PCO kind of got his first comeback because he had a match with Walter on there. Oh, okay. Uh, and stuff like that. Like one year, Joey Janela um, wrestled, uh, oh, fuck, who was it? I can't remember who it was. It's a big Japanese name anyway. Okay. Um, last year, well, the last one, uh, originally booked for it, but then COVID happened, was Minoru Suzuki versus Orange Cassidy, which no way. I needed. Um, there you go. We were talking about Dream AEW and New Japan matches. That's another yeah. one to add to the list. Yeah, but the year before, we had Orange Cassidy versus Takamichinoku, so it was kind of following up from that. <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's always it's always good fun. It's always really cool to see like a showcase of different like wrestlers and wrestling personalities, and some as I say, sometimes like a bit of a bit of a callback of um, like old talent you couldn't you couldn't remember. Might get a, a little bit of a renaissance period. Nice, that's pretty cool. It does sound like a lot of fun. I know we always knock Aaron on on that and say there's a lot of nonsense, but it it does sound. Like a really cool event. I'm I'm gonna go on my way to try and watch as much of it as possible this year. Yeah. Maybe not like all in one go like Aaron did, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely gonna try and watch as much as I can. Yeah. Uh moving on, uh some PWG news. So this weekend uh we had uh Bowler, the Battle of Los Angeles 2022. Uh night one was on the 29th uh, of January. And uh, the first round results from that, uh Aramis defeated Ray Horace. Wheeler Utah defeated Blake Christian. Buddy Matthews defeated Jonah, uh, which I need to go out of my way to see. Uh, Daniel Garcia defeated Kevin Blackwood. Leo Rush defeated Jack Cartwheel. Black Taurus defeated JD Drake. Alex Shelley defeated Lee Moriarty. And Speedball Mike Bailey defeated Bandido. Um, they all sound like bangers. And that was just I'm, night one. I'm probably going to um, pre-order the Blu-ray for this. So yeah. when it, when it arrives, I, I'm coming up to yours to watch it. <laughs> I'll let you know so we can watch it and do a review of it. Yeah, man. Um, uh, night two. Uh, where are we? Night two um, was the second round. So Black Taurus defeated uh, Aramis. Uh, Daniel Garcia defeated Alex Shelley. Leah Rush defeated Buddy Matthews via disqualification. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey defeated Wheeler Utah. And then into the semifinals, Daniel Garcia defeated Black Taurus. Buddy Matthews replaced Leo Rush due to injury. Um, and he then lost subsequently to Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, then what else is this? Jonah, Kevin Blackwood, Ray Horace, and Blake Christian defeated Bandido, JD Drake, Jack Cartwheel, and Lee Moriarty. So big multi-man match there. Um, there was the a spot where 
there was a spot there where Jack Cartwheel jumped off the balcony onto everybody. I've seen it, yeah. And then didn't someone Matt- hit? Didn't Blake Christian hit a cutter as he came off the balcony? Yeah. That was absolutely insane. If you've not seen it, I think uh, one of us might have put it out on Twitter, but yeah, it looked absolutely mental. Uh, and then in the finals, um, Daniel Garcia defeated Speedball Mike Bailey. I hope his dad's taken for ice cream. <laughs> um, real, real talk though, me and Big Tasty were talking about this. Big Tasty picked for the whole thing. So, didn't he like, call it? He, he called it. He said, as soon as Daniel Garcia got announced, and Daniel Garcia would win the whole thing. Um, and he did. I think he's going to take the belt off Bandido uh, Mania Weekend. Oh, all right. Sometimes, they've not announced the next, the next show yet. Sometimes PWG do a show Mania Weekend. If they do, I think Daniel Garcia is a shoe in to take that belt off Bandido. And then, nice. interestingly, with something that we were talking about on um, Discord, with does Dark or Dark Elevation warrant its own belt? I've got to see it defend the PWG title on. Absolutely. Dark Elevation and Dark against guys like Lee Moriarty. Yeah. Great idea. Um, Great idea. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, as we did mention, um, Leo Rush was injured. Uh, he was taken to ER at PWG Bowl Night 2. Uh, he competed in the second round matchup against Buddy Matthews, won via D- DQ. The finish saw Matthews hit a curb stomp and then continue his attack as the ref checked on Rush leading to DQ finish. Um, before the scheduled semi-final match against Speedball Mike Bailey, Matthews came out and told the crowd that Rush had been taken to ER and he will be taking his place. Uh, while it's not been confirmed, it's thought that uh, drinks thrown at Buddy Matthews in a pre-match promo caused the injury to Leo Rush, uh, where he like slipped round and Excalibur even left the commentary to reprimand the crowd for it, which says mm, a lot, really. That says a lot, yeah. Um, also, good to see that after um, claims of like other like bad things that the fans have done in previous shows, that Excalibur's just gone, nah, fuck this, and just gone. Yeah. Put your foot straight down, got yeah. It and acted well done to him for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it sounded like the crowd were a lot more like reserved after they were told off, yeah. as they should be. Yeah. Um, I wonder what Buddy Matthews was saying to get like them thrown fucking drinks on him. Mm. Um, probably probably got a banging heel promo to be fair, but it's just a shame that like that's morons in the crowd. Yeah, uh, Leo tweeted after he got out of hospital saying, "Just being honest with you guys uh, here, I'm not good, but I will be good. And when I'm back, I'll be dangerous, man of the hour, top lad. Hopefully, it's not too serious an injury. Uh, it looked." Not. On the picture, it looked like it was like a knee or an ankle injury because he was holding like his ankle when they were treating him. Oh, um, but yeah, like it, it's also a, another mad note when we were talking about like DQ finishes just to kind of bring it full circle. Uh, that was the first DQ finish in PWG since 2014. What? Yeah. It's the first time a match has ended by DQ. Talk about making it mean something. Wow. That's why, like, the fans were more pissed off at, like, Buddy, May- uh, mm. Buddy Matthews for, like, getting himself DQ'd as well. That's insane. As if. Yeah. 2014. And there's only been three DQs in PWG history. And imagine we get one of those probably every week on Raw, at least one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, that, that's why it's important, like, you don't recycle finishes, though, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because mm-hmm. when, when you get, like, something like that, you're less inclined to be, like, it, it it can be a bit more of a creative like way of doing it than like yeah. than going oh yeah well, we we don't know who we want to win this so let's just DQ them. 
Uh, sticking with a little bit more news from Leo Rush, he also took to his social media to announce that he signed a deal with Universal Music Group. He's previously released two albums and four EPs, and he is scheduled to be part of AEW's hip-hop collaboration in, adduce- in addition to dropping his own EP in February. That's pretty Leo's, cool. Leo's music slaps. It is good. It is he did good. a song with uh, Josiah Williams not that long ago as well. Which yeah, fun. It did. It's really good. And really, really that good. AEW hip-hop collaboration sounds awesome. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Best um, believe Action Bronson is going to be on that. He's not. Um, oh, what? No, it's they've, they've released a list of who's on who's involved. There is one there's one or two people they haven't announced yet. Okay. But um yeah, I know Leo Rush and Josiah Williams are both on there. Yeah, well that's that's good. I'm good with that. And all the all the graps all the graps of the guys except for Phil Lindsay's on there. Nice. Maybe Phil's a surprise. <laughs> Bars about somebody. Um <laughs> Anyway, moving on, uh, Chase Owens revealed on Twitter this afternoon uh, that he could soon be a free agent. He took to social media to reveal that his January, that January the 31st is the final day of his New Japan contract. Yeah. 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 Cool. Great. <laughs> Slow news day. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Cool. He'll probably sign What's he going to do if he stays for New Japan? He's going to be in the Bullet Club still. Great. And he's going to feud the Yano again. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, and finally, Ring of Honor have announced that Mark and Jay Briscoe will be part of the inaugural Ring of Honor Hall of Fame class. The Briscoes are part of the first Ring of Honor show in 2002 and won the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships at Ring of Honor Final Battle in 2021. They're the most decorated tag team in Ring of Honor history and are 12-time tag team champions. That's cool. Rightly yeah. deserved, I guess. Like when you think of kind of cornerstones of Ring of Honor, they're certainly one of the first to spring to mind. They've been there since day one. Yeah. And, and they were the last one of the last out the door. And they've had their head turned a few times, but they've never left. Yeah. They've been linked with WWE and, um, and AW a few times and Impact as well, I believe. Mm. Never left. Yeah. Fair um, point. Yeah. I, I, I reckon that um, who else do we think is going to be in there? Snow Joe. Joe, Punk, Danielson. Dan, yeah. Um, Homicide. Yeah. Maybe Loki, but he's an arsehole, so probably not. Um, <laughs> uh, Nigel McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness is a good shout to whether WWE let him do it while he's mm. on the contract. Mm. Chris Hero. Chris Hero is a shout, yeah. Or the Kings of Wrestling. Oh. Just, just do it, cowards. <laughs> Release the Zara while you're at it so we can get the Kings of Wrestling. <laughs> that yeah. is it. That is it for this week's news episode. Uh, yes, it's been boy. a big one. Thank you for joining us. As always, we appreciate that very, very much. We'll catch you guys next time. All the best. Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housing.